What up, world? Welcome and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and I hope that uh, whatever you had for dinner last night was great. All right, I, I hope it was delicious. I had shrimp fried rice, and it was exquisite. And uh, I want to be honest with you, the magic of podcasting is I haven't even had this shrimp fried rice yet. All right, I'm recording this on Monday evening before dinner, uh, afternoon evening-ish, and uh, I just trust. It's a trust fall, baby. I know it's going to be good. I believe it's going to be good, and so I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited about today's episode. Going to dip our toe in some rivalry stuff uh, and explain what's going to happen over the rest of this week. But before we do that, uh, interesting interview popped up on the timeline on Monday, DallasCowboys.com interviewed Dallas Cowboys cornerback Jordan Lewis, and Jordan is an interesting person um, in terms of the way he is perceived among Cowboys fans. There are, uh, I mean, I think you could say that about any Cowboys player, honestly, but Jordan is a guy where it felt like for a long time there was this play Jordan Lewis crowd, right? There were so many people saying, play Jordan Lewis, play Jordan Lewis, he's better, he's better, he's better, whatever, and then not that the tide turned, but then, you know, th- th- look, the reality is it's not like the Cowboys are, or were, rather, not playing this all-pro corner, right? Jordan Lewis can be very good, but it's not like everything he's ever done has been remarkable and incredible, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, he has some very, very, very bright moments, some turnovers. Jordan Lewis just seemingly finds a way to always be around the football. Maybe not always, but uh, you get the point. Anyway, so uh, Jordan Lewis, though, now uh, is uh, facing a new coaching staff for the Dallas Cowboys, just like everybody else. And that's important because the general perception is that the previous coaching staff at the Cowboys did not play Jordan Lewis because he did not fit their physical requirements. We've heard that several times. He's not tall enough. He's not long enough, whatever you want to say. Um, So, you know, things being different certainly uh, would at the very least open the door for more opportunities for Jordan Lewis, right? Uh, And I'm so happy that DallasCowboys.com asked him this question. It's a great interview. It's on the Cowboys social channels, on their YouTube channel. You can go watch the interview uh, that Dave Hellman, Rob Phillips, and Nick Eatman conducted with Jordan Lewis or Player40 as the uh, the Zoom display name uh, (laughs) referenced him as. Uh, but, uh, But yeah, this question was very interesting. So let's hear what Jordan Lewis has to say about the thoughts of a new coaching staff and whether that provides him some new opportunities courtesy of dallascowboys.com without i definitely am not asking you to throw anybody under the bus but you touched on it yourself i mean six six starts in the last two seasons there's been a lot of debate among fans and media about what you need to do to get more opportunities does this new coaching staff feel like maybe a bit of bread uh, like a breath of fresh air for you and a new chance to prove that you're worthy of more opportunities I mean, it's, it's definitely a clean slate. You know, everybody has a clean slate, and they're just looking on, you know, what we've done in the uh, past. So they're looking at, you know, the sample size that they do have to go out there and, and watch us and, and watch the film and, and the movements, and, and they see what they want to implement in their new defense. And um, it's, it, and they said that everybody has a clean slate. It doesn't matter how big, tall, you know, um, how long you've been here. It doesn't matter, man. If you can play ball, they want to see you in that position to go and and, and, and and compete for that job. So I, I appreciate them for saying that, but I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a different, you know, mindset, you know, uh, as far as just giving everybody a fair shot and giving everybody a, uh, an opportunity to go out there and play regardless of, you know, uh, circumstances that, you know, previously, you know, I had to go through. 
I think that's important. I really do. I think that uh, things being a clean slate um, are big for Jordan Lewis. I, I really, really believe that. I don't know, and I think that that this is a bit of a bold take, but I think that that is the the first moment where people might you know clap back on Mike McCarthy's coaching staff, right? And by that I mean up to this point. Everything Mike McCarthy and his staff have done has been wonderful, right? Oh, you went out and draft CeeDee Lamb. We love you. You went out and signed HaHa Clinton Dix. Dude runs away from Bears. You went inside Jerome McCoy. We're so in love with you. Everything's great. Yeah, I know. Mike McCarthy and his staff have done some wonderful things this offseason. And a lot of that is because it's been things that people have wanted to see for a long time, right? The HaHa Clinton Dix thing is you went out and got a safety. That is literally the bare minimum expectation at this point for Cowboys fans. The Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, Neville Gallimore thing to that point is you're investing in defensive tackle. I want to see that as a Cowboys fan. Thank you for appeasing me. I feel appeased now. I feel like I just ate some shrimp fried rice. Um, so that that's, that's all great. And I'm not at all trying to say that, you know, we've been looking at this through rose-colored glasses or anything, but Mike McCarthy and his staff have done things that have felt really obvious and good for them, that they deserve a lot of credit for that. And so if they don't, um, you know, I don't want to say play Jordan Lewis, but if they don't, if, if people don't see a higher uptick in volume in terms of Jordan Lewis's playtime or starting potential or whatever the case may be, that might be the first time that, you know, a random Cowboys fan is like, look, man, I was with McCarthy all the way up until this, but how can he not be playing Jordan Lewis? And so it will be interesting to see. I mean, the Cowboys have at the very least, options at cornerback, right? I mean, if they don't move Chidabe Wuze, obviously he and Jordan are there. Both entering contract years, by the way, Daryl Worley brought in, Anthony Brown brought back. Uh, obviously, people have a lot of expectations and hopes for Trevon Diggs and Reggie Robinson the second, and so there's a lot of interest there and a lot of intrigue, uh, but, uh, but yeah, still a really cool thing, and I did not take that as any sort of shot from Jordan Lewis. I thought it was just matter of fact that he's dealt with different things, um, you know, to this point in his career, and they might be different. They might not, you know, that's, um, that's all going to be determined over the course of the next months, uh, hopefully. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see about that. Other thing, before we get to the rivalry talk, um, we had an article on blogontheboys.com on Monday. We've been doing some not what ifs or would you rathers, but some kind of either ors. And uh, we've presented them to you. One of them that I enjoyed was what's more likely uh, all three Cowboys receivers go over a thousand yards individually, or I think Zeke Elliott top 1600. I forget. I might be wrong on that, but we had a great one on Monday. What is more likely in 2020? Demarcus Lawrence has 11 sacks or the Dallas Cowboys secondary, which we just talked about for a while with Jordan Lewis, whether he's a big part of it or not, has nine interceptions total. Now, I know that is a low bar. (laughs) That is a low bar for the Dallas Cowboys secondary. And to be clear, we're talking about interceptions for the secondary specifically, not interceptions for the team total. So if Leighton Vanderish picks off a pass, Sean Lee hauls an interception, those don't count. These are interceptions for Dallas Cowboys secondary players. What's more likely, 11 sacks for Tank or nine interceptions for the Cowboys secondary? I think I'm going to lean Demarcus Lawrence. And we've heard, and again, some of that's Jordan Lewis, right? Like if he's the guy that some of us think that he can be. But I I know that we have heard and we've been told that the Cowboys secondary and defense as a whole is going to play more aggressively. Still, in spite of that, I'm just going to lean with what I know. I'm going to lean with what I trust. I know that Demarcus Lawrence is one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. I'm going to trust that. And the secondary, for me, the turnover thing as a whole is kind of a, um, yeah, I'll believe when I see a thing. Yeah. 
uh, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, that's that's really it. So I will take 11 sacks for Demarcus Lawrence. What do you think? You can always let me know. I am on Twitter and Instagram at RGOHOA. One username, multiple places. My DMs are open if you want to chat about football, live shrimp fried rice. I'm here for it all. You can always shoot me an email, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com if that is more your speed. Now, today is Tuesday, which means we have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday left in the week. Whoa, one, two, three. That's three days left. All right. Now, the Dallas Cowboys have how many division rivals? New York Giants, uh, Washington Redskins, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Three division rivals. Whoa! So that lines up perfectly with the number of days that we have left, which means that over the course of the next three days, aside from the normal news and stuff that pops up for the Cowboys, we are going to discuss each of the Dallas Cowboys division rivals. And a little bit of a uh, you know extended sense, going to have some guests on that know those teams very well. Tomorrow, we will discuss the New York Giants, the, the New York football Giants, as I'm sure Jason Garrett has uh, typed in many, many Slack meetings up to this point. But um, tomorrow we'll talk about the New York Giants with friend of the show, Ed Valentine, manager and editor-in-chief over at BigBlueView.com, SB Nation's home for New York Giants content. Uh, but I just I wanted to go through um, the responses I got to this because we tweeted out from the Blog on the Boys Twitter account, at Blog on the Boys. We are on the gram at blogging.the.boys. Curse whoever took Blog on the Boys as an Instagram username before we were able to get there. Curse them, I say. But anyway, uh, we tweeted this out, you know, just to kind of get some some open-ended feedback in terms of what you think or who you think the Cowboys' biggest rivals are, because there are rivals beyond division rivals, and we'll, we'll touch on that as, as we move through the next uh, few days over the course of the rest of the week, because, you know, you've got your San Francisco 49ers, I hate those Niners to catch, I was a little boy, I was a little kid, and I couldn't sleep after that, Joe Montana, Dwight Clark, how dare they, Urgh. I know, I know, I get it, there's also the Green Bay Packers, Oh, those Packers, the ice ball. Oh, man, Des caught it. Oh. I know. I get it. I really do. Speaking of Des caught it, Dean Blandino. Pretty good Cowboys rival right there. But uh, we did tweet this out and got a lot of responses. So I just want to roll through them because some were creative. Some were painful, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, so we tweeted this out. This is exactly what the tweet reads, just to let you know what, what everybody was working with. What is your favorite Dallas Cowboys rivalry? It can be a team, a player, Dean Blandino, whatever you want. Uh, girls talking voices, Kelsey Charles responded, Definitely Dean. All right. Uh, Adrian Cadena uh, from the Rio Grande Valley, by the way, shout out to Adrian, says it was Jason Garrett versus passing on early downs, but luckily that's no longer our problem. Shout out Kellen Moore. Yeah, I know. Uh, moving on here. Uh, Mike White, not the former quarterback, a uh, great guy on Twitter at not to be tried, says consistency across all three phases. One part clicking, the other three, uh, or the others, excuse me, are in the ditch. Dan Rupert, I think it's Rupert, it might be Rupert, uh, says, I was going to say Jason Garrett versus the offense. Cody Oliva says, I hate Aaron Rodgers with everything in me, if that counts. I think that does count. At that point, though, you're saying the rivalry is just between the Cowboys and the Giants. I get picking on Jason Garrett, certainly. Um, we've got a response here from Force 23 on Twitter, says, Steelers for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, you lose a couple Super Bowls, that's going to create a rivalry that anybody's going to be, uh, you know, you know, just having some blood boiling over. I get it. Uh, we've got uh, from John the Grace says Cowboys fans versus Jason Garrett. That's a pretty big rivalry. I mean, if we're being honest, um, I maintain two things. I maintain number one that Jason Garrett was not as bad as most people tend to make him out to be. I'm not at all saying that he was great, but just you know, the guy won a lot of football games. I mean. 
there was something that Jason Garrett did right, is all I'm saying. Bob Sturm did a great breakdown of Jason Garrett a few weeks ago at The Athletic, if if you want to go read that. But the other thing I maintain, and this is probably the hardest to believe, I've been fortunate enough to um, to do some things in my job. Um, and look, Jason Garrett, and we, we talked to him, or we used to talk to him every week at ESPN San Antonio. He truly is an incredibly charming person. When all the mics are off, when all the cameras are off, etc., and he's just forgive the cliche, talking ball. I mean, he is a really charming person. You know, there have been times where I've heard him speak and I've been like, damn, this dude is cool, you know? And and I really, I, I can see, my point is, I can see him winning you over in a room if you are a decision maker. And so I just, you know, I think that's worth saying. Uh, TJ says 49ers. Uh, driver at uh, Confed Fight says, um, excuse me, Confed Fright. Uh, functional coaching staff versus Jerry Jones. Tucker Bloom says the Washington team. They suck so much, yet their fans always think they're going to the Super Bowl. I don't know who thinks Washington's going to the Super Bowl. That feels like a universally accepted thing, right? A universally accepted thing is that that franchise um, is very, 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 very not good. Matt uh, has an Eagles logo as his avatar, so I wonder what this is going to say. It says Cowboys versus the NFL implementing a salary cap here. Okay, Matt's um, Matt's point here, I guess, is that the Cowboys avoid a salary cap, which is silly. If any team does this, it is the New England Patriots. Although, are we like is is the new um, like health uh, philosophy like? CN1 is that the thing like instead of TB12 is the new method CN1 I hadn't even thought about that um here's a mean response from Nikki Ias Cowboys versus the playoffs ouch uh Johnny says you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys the only team in the eyes of other teams is uh the other teams that is their greatest rivalry it's Dallas versus the world um okay um double legs says Andre Garrod and snapping the football hey there's a throwback um <laughs> Uh, Reese Holt, uh, Colin Reese, uh, says Dan Orlovsky, look, Dan Orlovsky, you can have your take. You can have your opinion. Friend of the show, Dan Orlovsky, uh, was gracious enough to come on our show and defend his point. And for that, I am grateful. Um, Aaron Porter says Joe Buck and how he has a love connection with Aaron Rodgers. Joe Buck does not hate the Cowboys. People love to say this. Joe Buck. And look, I really believe, and I know that the takes will come for this. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman is... I was going to say maybe the best broadcast in the NFL. The best broadcast in the NFL is Sunday Night Football. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, and I know that you love Tony Romo. I love Tony Romo too. Chris Collinsworth is the best color analyst in the game. I know he's not as colorful as Tony Romo with all the fun, but he is supremely intelligent. Uh, But Joe Buck is really, really awesome. And honestly, look, Joe Buck has a book. It's totally worth reading. It's a great read. And Joe Buck was one of the first interviews that I ever conducted in my career. Um, It's Super Bowl 51 in Houston. You know, there's so much media happening. What's crazy is the media even does interviews. And because the Super Bowl was on Fox, um, you know, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews, they're the Fox people obviously handling the broadcast. So they do interviews and stuff. And I went and interviewed Joe Buck in this super crowded room. I mean, I was this young kid and he gave me five minutes of his time. And I'm always going to be grateful for that. And I really think that he's a better person than he gets a lot of credit for. I know that, I mean, he deals with a lot of fan bases that think that he hates their team. Um, And so, you know, it is is what it is and by the way joe buck now and fox no longer hosting the u.s open that's some pretty big news uh but okay so these are all the replies let's um you know this is probably a bad idea but let's look and see who quoted this tweet bob quotes this tweet and says 
Reality has been running up the score on them since the 90s uh, with a really well-done Photoshop of Dak Prescott um, like in a Super Bowl parade holding the Lombardi. I I mean, that's a well-done Photoshop. Wow. Uh, McKay says the Cowboys versus the playoffs. Adam says Cowboys versus NFL fines and suspensions. Mauricio Rodriguez from Cowboys Oi says Cowboys Eagles. Overseer Joshua says the divisional round. Lots of jokes here. Um, run the damn Brian, uh, who is at Dr. Underscore Brian MD on Twitter, quotes this tweet and says, Cowboys versus hilariously heartbreaking playoff embarrassment. Um, I guess that that like that I understand the joke that is trying to be made here, but I don't like the joke didn't land. That's my point. There's you get there faster. You know, that, that joke is there, but get there faster. Um, again, lots of, uh, of picking on the Cowboys going on here. The Dallas Cowboys versus untimely penalties from my name, Sterling from one of five, three, the fan, our friend, um, you know, there's uh, a lot going. Theo says Cowboys versus Jason Garrett's clapping friend of the show. John Williams uh, from inside the star.com says Cowboys quarterbacks versus Cowboys fans. That feels like a good one to end on because that is the rivalry among rivalries these days. Uh, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys. Are you Team Dak? Are you not Team Dak? Which team are you? Let's fight. I get it. Uh, but we will explore the Dallas Cowboys rivalries with uh, our division rival friends over the course of the rest of this week. If you want to start thinking about this and just kind of putting your uh, touch on this, maybe the other way, whatever you want, these are the questions that I have sent to Ed because he will be first tomorrow as we talk about the G-Men. Uh, number one, the Cowboy that he has hated the most over the course of his life. Obviously, Ed roots for the New York Giants. Number two, the Cowboys lost in terms of a game that Giants lost to the Cowboys that ate him up the most. Number three, a Giants win against the Cowboys that he was the most hyped over. So you can kind of flip this around, right? Like a Cowboys loss against the Giants that devastated you, a Cowboys win against the Giants that you were hyped about. Um, I will say my Cowboys win against the Giants, just now thinking, I know I sent these questions to Ed, but now thinking about it, 2006 on the road, Giants wearing their red jerseys at home. Martin Gramatica had just joined the Cowboys, had a game-winning field goal. That was awesome. I also, I'm a fan of that type of win in New York. I would also put 2013 up there, the Dan Bailey game winner, and I would certainly, maybe this is my answer, put 2014 up there, especially because um, that is a game that Giants fans have held up, um, you know, over their memory banks forever because of the Odell Beckham Jr. catch, but it was Tony Romo, it was Tyron Smith against Jason Pierre-Paul, and it was Des Bryant that really won that game, and that was fantastic. But so uh, that's another question for Ed. Um, the last two that I have for him, the Cowboy that he has had to make peace with once they became a Giant. So you know how, like, I mean, like, I think, like, T.O. is a great example of this, right? If you're a Cowboys fan that really just couldn't stand him when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles, he joins the Cowboys. I love T.O. I've always loved T.O. I've always said I love T.O. Right? So who's that guy? Who's who's the dude that when he crossed the, the lines – that you were like, we accept you, we embrace you. Finally, uh, I'm going to ask each team this, each team's person, each team's spokesperson, rather, if they consider the Dallas Cowboys to be that team's biggest rival, or at the very least, biggest division rival. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles will certainly say that. I think the New York Giants will certainly say that. And I also think that the Washington Redskins will say that, which will prove that the Dallas Cowboys are, in fact, America's team. And you know what? America's team. That's what I just want to say it again. You know, the Dallas Cowboys are America's team. Hey, um, this was fun. All right, this this felt good. I felt really good, and you know, this felt so good that I feel like I deserve a treat. All right, I deserve some shrimp fried rice. And you know who else deserves a treat? If I'm being super honest, a little another peek behind the podcast curtain. My dog. All right, little bear here was barking up a storm. 
before we started recording, all right? You know, I mentioned a few times we're moving, and so we got a lot of things everywhere, so everything's making him bark. And I sat him down. I said, look, man, it's recording time. All right, we're going to talk rivalries, dude. All right, we're going to talk about Jordan Lewis. And he looked at me. He said, are you for real? I said, yeah, I am for real. He said, okay, I'll be cool. I'll chill. And Bear decided not to bark. He hasn't barked a single time. Remember that episode? If you listen to all our shows, and we hope that you do, because they're all fantastic. We've got Girls Talking Boys on Mondays and Fridays, the 750 on Tuesdays. There will be a new episode of that later today with two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas talking the star on Wednesday, broadcasting the boys on Thursday, and Cowboys Oi on Saturdays. Um, you know, that episode that Meg and I did of Girls Talking Boys was a little bit of a disaster in terms of Bears barking. So uh, shout out to him. I'll make sure to give him a treat and a nice boop on the nose and on the head uh, you know, for uh, for being nice and cool uh, throughout this entire recording. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's almost the end of June or it's almost July, I should say. Um, but, uh, you know, making it through, making it through. Technically, technically. Training camp is set to begin in July, so we're getting closer. Obviously, we're all hoping for the best, and uh, we're hoping all is well with you uh, wherever you may be. And on top of that, we hope that you have just the absolute best Tuesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys, and peace out.